Key Episode 9 Niagara Most sitcoms facing a wedding between two of the main characters would build up to it throughout the course of an entire season. But on The Office, Jim married Pam in the fourth episode of the sixth season. It was a double episode that required a trip to Niagara Falls and endless debate in the writer's room about how to pull this off without jumping the shark. Halsted Sullivan We kept asking ourselves, how do you make a wedding just not about the bride and groom and how do you also service the wedding so it's special? That's because Jim and Pam were anything but traditional. There was a lot of talk of would they invite the office to the wedding? Would they truly? There are young people in Scranton. Wouldn't they have their own friends? How do we make them real characters without the show feeling too claustrophobic? But then, at the same time, how do we make the episode feel like an episode of The Office, with all of these characters that we love and everyone has their moment? That's why the wedding itself is really just one act. But leading up to the wedding, we have all of these different stories that we're servicing. There's Kevin and his shoes and his toupee. Dwight and Michael being this fun combo trying to pick up women, and then, lo and behold, he hooks up with Pam's mom. The idea of having them get married 300 miles away from Scranton at Niagara Falls came from Greg Daniels. Randy Cordray that summer, on their vacation, Greg and his family had gone to Niagara Falls. And whereas Greg saw that parts of Niagara Falls are commercialized and tawdry, it is still a significant natural phenomenon that has an incredible power over people. As crazy and full of Ripley's museums and thrill rides and vendors hawking silly trinkets and wares as it is, it still has some magical, mysterious power over people that causes romance. People still go to Niagara Falls to get engaged or to get married. This was Greg's idea that a significant event could happen in a place that had been completely commercialized and taken over by the money grubbers in the temple, as it were. Greg Daniels when I was a kid in New York, there were a lot of advertisements for Mount Airy Lodge, the host with the most in the Poconos. It was really kitschy, and I always wanted Roy and Pam to go there on a trip, and we were all set up to do it, and we found out it had just been sold. Niagara had that kitschy sort of feeling, but also an amazing thing at the center of it that we could hide all the way to the end and expose this beautiful, dramatic thing. Having the wedding in Niagara Falls was a great idea, but Daniels had another one that proved to be less popular. Paul Feig Originally, it was supposed to be that Pam and Jim are in the middle of their ceremony and Roy has been haunting around and regretting that he let her go and wanted her back. When they were in the middle of the ceremony, it was supposed to be that Roy rides into the church on horseback dressed like a white knight to win her back. Randy Cordray. Roy had decided that this whole episode with Jim was really just Pam trying to make Roy jealous to get her back. He thought 
Pam was really in love with him all along, and that he needed a grand gesture to get her back. And so in the story outline, Roy goes to a horse rental facility, a stable, and rents a beautiful white horse. Paul Feig When he rides in, Pam is like, Ugh, get out of here. Randy Cordray When she turns around, he sees that she's pregnant, and he realizes, Oh, I am deluded. This is crazy. She doesn't want me. She wants Jim. She's having a baby with Jim. And he would slink away in disgrace. Paul Feig. He then has to turn the horse back around and ride back out, which was super funny. And then Greg came up with an idea where Dwight has an obsession with the falls and some sort of suicide gene to go over them. He fights it the whole episode. Randy Cordray. Dwight Schrute, horseman and beet farmer that he is, would then come along after the wedding. He's walking outside the church, and he sees Roy despondent sitting on the curb, holding the reins of the horse. And he says, Tough luck, buddy. That didn't work out like you wanted it, did it? And Roy would be, No, and I'm stuck with this stupid horse. I paid for the horse for the rest of the day. And Dwight says, hey, I'm a horse person. Let me take care of it. He takes the reins of the horse, and he's taking it ostensibly back to the stables. But Dwight somehow finds himself riding along the banks of the Niagara River. Paul Feig. He then rides it into the water. Randy Cordray. They're riding along through the white water of the river, and Dwight realizes he's gotten too close to the edge of Niagara Falls. And the horse is looking fearful. And Dwight is looking fearful. Dwight finally realizes he's got to bail off the horse and swims safely to shore. We cut to Jim and Pam having a romantic moment on the bow of the Maid of the Mist boat, and in the background we see this white horse go tumbling over Niagara Falls, plunging six hundred feet. Paul Feig I remember all the writers were coming to me like, We can't do this. You can't kill a horse. It's crazy. Everybody was all over Greg, and Greg was just like, I'm telling you this is going to work. He was digging in, and everybody was just freaking out about it. Brent Forrester Greg just thought this was super funny. I think many people felt that it was in violation of his own rule of keeping the tone naturalistic, a horse going off the falls. They fought him, many of the writers, aggressively on this. I think some people also felt that Greg didn't love animals enough. Randy Cordray I needed to find a church that had doors big enough to accommodate a horse and a rider, and trying to capture a white horse going over a pure white waterfall is a job for Peter Jackson. This was a gag that, to be done right, would require a feature film's worth of digital effects. I thought it was going to look cheesy and shitty. Gene Stupnitsky. I never understood if Greg was serious about certain ideas or if he wanted to push to see as far as he can go and to see how we would react. 
He's so smart and so brilliant. Sometimes there would be a left-field idea and you would be like, is he fucking with us? Danny Chun It felt to me, felt like a proxy for a lot of the sort of intra-writer's room conflicts that had taken place over many years. I was a newcomer at that point, and I didn't know what part was bit and what part was real. I didn't even understand if Greg himself actually liked it. My vantage point on the whole thing was, does he want to do this? Or is this the longest, most deadpan bit? Which I also would have completely believed. Justin Spitzer. It just seems so crazy. Oh my God, it's such a broad idea. I think that's some of what Greg's genius was, though. This show was generally a very grounded show, and every now and then he'd put in these totally absurd moments. And because the rest of the show was so grounded, you could actually buy them. But that one, I remember a number of us felt like maybe we were pushing it too far. Brian Whittle. It would have been stupid. Warren Lieberstein. I'm one of the few people who trust that Greg could have made it work, but so many people were against it, including Steve. And I just think Greg is one of these people who, he can make it work. I do remember people at the table read being, were very, very concerned about it. Danny Chun. I wasn't in favor of it, but I felt like Greg liked the reaction he got out of the writers over stuff like this because there was a real sort of family dynamic between him and Mindy and BJ and Paul. I think there was a lot of meta-entertainment value in this debate. Randy Cordray A week in advance of going to Niagara Falls, we had our table read for that episode. The network is there, and the studio is there, the actors all read the parts, the director reads the stage directions out loud, and then afterward, the network and the studio give a few notes. And then you are left with just the writers to discuss the episode. Steve Carell stays behind because he is a producer on the show and he has some say over the writing of the show. Steve was the first one to speak up. He said, Guys, I love the episode, but you can't throw a horse over Niagara Falls. And Greg and Mindy were like, Really? But it's so funny. And he's like, yes, it is funny. I love your writing. I love all of you. But this is really an animated joke. This is a cartoon joke. This is a joke we might see on The Simpsons. I know many people think that The Office has already jumped the shark in many different ways. But let me just say throwing a horse over Niagara Falls is really jumping the shark. I'm not in favor of this. And with that, he took his leave, and we were left to discuss this. Paul Feig Everyone just attacked Greg so much that he finally very angrily said, All right, forget it. We're not going to do it. Greg Daniels Luckily, I was persuaded not to do it. This didn't give them much time to come up with an alternative scene for the wedding. Gene Stipnitsky. 
We watched a lot of YouTube during lunch, and there was this viral video of a couple dancing down the aisle at their wedding. We decided to go with that. Paul Feig I remember the writers coming up with that and thinking it would be fun to have a dance number. The day we were shooting in the church was just a really packed day. We had so many things we had to shoot, and we were running way out of time. I saw the end coming, and I thought, oh my God, we have to shoot this entire dance number. We're not going to make it. We had time to do maybe two takes of it. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? We shoot it the first time, and it's so fucking great. Everybody just nailed it, and the energy is fun, and everybody's joyous. I was just completely in tears. It was so moving. It's still, to this day, it will choke me up when I watch it. But the joyous wedding dance wasn't even the emotional peak of the episode. Prior to the ceremony, Jim and Pam are seen running away from the church. The guests begin to get restless as they wait, but suddenly they come back and the ceremony begins. It's only during the wedding dance that we flash back and see that they actually got married on the Maid of the Mist boat by the captain so they could have a private moment away from their crazy co-workers. Unlike every other scene in the episode, it was actually shot at Niagara Falls. Randy Cordray pulled double duty as the line producer on the shoot and the captain that married them. Steve Burgess Randy felt really strongly that we couldn't do that with a green screen on a fake set on stage somewhere. He fought really hard for NBC Universal to send him, Jenna, John, and a splinter crew to Niagara Falls. Randy Cordray when I prepared that budget, one of the comments from the studio was, you're not taking John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher to Niagara Falls. You can go there and shoot on the Maid of the Mist, but you're going to shoot them in a digital composite here on a stage in Hollywood, and you will plant them on the front of that boat. We're not spending plane tickets and hotel fare and putting our actors out on that boat. You're going to digitally composite that. Well, I knew that was going to look like crap. I knew creatively that we had to have John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher getting actually wet under the spray of the actual Niagara Falls on the actual Maid of the Mist. I was not about to give that up. When the horse went away, I knew we could do it. I knew we had the money to do it. Randall Einhorn. The digital cameras I was using then wouldn't have looked good with the glare of the falls, so I used a super 16-millimeter film, which is a really expensive thing to do. Paul Feig. It was pretty misty on the boat, so Randall had to get this attachment for his camera that spun this piece of glass in front of the lens so that the water would fly off. Randy Cordray. We go through the scene, and Jim recites the vows and pledges his undying loyalty to Pam. And Pam recites her vows. Jim puts the ring on her, and the boat is so deep into the water of the falls that we are drenched. I look over at Jenna Fisher, and it's all I can do to control myself because I'm looking at her. It's like someone Dump the Gatorade bucket on her after a pro football game. She is drenched. Her hair, her makeup, her eye makeup, 
everything. John has kind of got a wry smile on his face in that take, too, because he's looking at Jenna just melting in the spray. We're just all drenched. Paul Feig. At one point during the shoot, the mist was so bad that I think Randy's Bible blew off and blew into the water. Randy Cordray. We have a powwow with Paul Feig, and he's like, Boys and girls, it was too wet. We couldn't understand the dialogue. There was so much water on the camera. The spinning device was working quite well, but Randall was concerned that you couldn't really see them. And so we're like, we've got to do this again. We have to do this again, and maybe we'll recite the vows a little earlier than in the spray of the falls. We went back to the hotel, and it took three hours to get everyone dried off and back together with hair and makeup. Cordray was only able to get the Maid of the Mist Corporation to let them shoot on the boat if they didn't even speak to the captain, let alone ask him to change the course of the journey. Randy Cordray. But when we got back on the boat, the captain turned to me and said, Boy, you guys got really soaked last time, didn't you? And I said, Yeah, we did. And he said, Do you want that? And I said, no, actually, we don't want to be. And he said, well, I don't have to go so deep. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, I'll do anything you want. And I said, we want to stay out of that fray. And he said, hell yeah, buddy, we'll do that. We'll just keep it backed off. The tourists don't need to know that they're not getting the full ticket ride here. They won't care. They're getting to see an episode of The Office. I'll do anything you guys want. You tell me. I was like, God bless you. Paul Feig. Claire Scanlon was the editor on that. I remember us working on that and just cutting back and forth between the dance number and Pam and Jim on the boat. It was just so emotional. Claire Scanlon. So there was this one shot where Jim looks to the camera with his arm around Pam at the very end while they're on the boat. He's like, I did it. I did this. I got the girl. Greg Daniels. Claire found the shot. That was totally unexpected and wonderful. Claire Scanlon. And when I found that, I was like, okay, that's the end. That'll be the last shot that you see in this whole montage. And so Jenna and John came into my bay to watch it when it was done. I turned around after they saw it for the first time, and they were crying. And I was like, yes, I made them cry. It just felt really good. That's always the goal, by the way. Even though it's comedy, you always want to make people feel. That's the highest compliment you can get, is to make someone feel something. Whether it's laughing feeling kind of anxious, or anything. Paul Feig. I was sad because when Emmy time rolled around, it wasn't nominated. The show had been on for so long by that time that people were past voting for it. I always felt that episode really got short shrift because I think that's one of the best episodes to me that I've ever seen. 